Father, let your presence fill this place up. Father, let your presence fill every heart. We give you honor, Lord. We give you all the praise. We are in an open heaven conference. And so, Lord, we believe by faith that the heavens are open unto us. That our worship has ascended unto you into your nostrils like a sweet-scented savor, Lord. We know that when the blessings, the praises go up, the blessings are released from heaven. Touch us, Lord. Where we need a touch, where no man can see and no one can touch, you can touch, oh Lord. Speak to our hearts today. Minister to us and let your presence be felt. Intensify your anointing and your presence in our lives, oh God. Father, we give you praise and glory. Take your most excellent seat, Holy Spirit, in this place as we reverence you. Speak to our hearts in this very hour. We come against territorial spirits. We come against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. We come against witchcraft spirits. We come against confusion spirits in this place. We take authority and we declare that Jesus Christ is the Lord of the heavens and the Lord of the earth. And in this very hour, we declare Jesus as the King of kings. Take over, Lord Jesus. Speak. For your people are listening. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus name. Amen. Come on let your amens be born again. Shout a bigger amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. We bless the Lord. Take your seats in this house. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. CICC our second home. Home away from home. <laughs> amen. Are we glad to be here? We couldn't wait to be here. We waited all month to be here. Waited all day to be here. Couldn't leave home quicker enough to be here. Hallelujah. And so we thank God that we are here this evening to come and share this wonderful time with you. Amen. And I believe the grounds have been softened already. And so we're just going to swim in it. Is that all right? Anybody want to swim? If you don't know how to swim, I'll teach you a little bit. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I just want to appreciate everybody here. I want to appreciate everybody that came to, to this conference. And I believe that God will meet you at the point of your expectation. Hallelujah. Senior man of God, I just want to salute you. I thank you for being here. For my brother and sister, you're always here. Every time I come around, you're always here with your support. Thank you so much for your direction and your covering. And, and the minister, thank you, pastor. Your, your worship was great. I just came to meet a, a few minutes, but boy... I, I, it's like I wanted to jump into your skin. The anointing on your life is great. Amen. And so we, we're taking your CDs back to Luton. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. And I just want to salute the, the mama of the house. This lady, I don't want to say too much, but um, in school when we used to see them from afar, all we used to look at each other and say, hmm. That's why anytime you see Pastor Chris, you see her photo on Facebook or whatever, all Pastor Chris will say is, hmm. We know why we say, hmm. Uh, it speaks a lot. But we love you, giddy, 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 by force. Mama Gloria, God bless you. We thank you so much. We miss you in Luton. And we know very soon you're going to come and bless us. We thank you very much. I, I, I came here today independent of your coup d'etat that you did the other time. 
And so I'm not part of your, your plans against your husband. Today I'm free. The last time we were all naughty. <laughs> so today we are free. Amen. And I just want to appreciate my brother, my brother, my brother. Hallelujah. A brother from another mother. And, and when we, 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 just, we just thank you for everything that you've been doing for us, the support that you give us, the love, the friendship, the laughter. We just really, really want to appreciate you. And I thank you for being there for us in times of need and in times of joy and sorrow. We share it all together. Amen. We share the gari and the shitor and the, <laughs> the wachi yeah, and the talia. We share it all good. You miss a place to thank God if you want some wache on your table. And so we, we, I'm always happy to be here because this is, this is my home. Amen. Whether you like it or yes, I'm an associate pastor of this ministry. And so I'm, I'm home. Amen. So you better behave because some of us, we can mess up the grounds and go. <laughs> and leave the mess for, for, for Reverend Chris to sort it out. But I don't take this time and this hour for granted. I re respect the anointing in this house and I come under that authority. And I know that God is about to minister to our hearts today. Amen. I believe I'm ministering tonight and tomorrow morning, is it? T tomorrow. Hey, I have to go to Lutino. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. And so we are blessed to be here. The presence of God is here, so strong. So I want you to bear with us and tap into it. Lift your hands in this place one more time and just wave it to the Holy Spirit as you reverence him. Just reverence him, reverence him. A lot of things might be happening in the past hour you've been here and music going on and a lot of exhortation. It may be going over your head, but just spend these few seconds as you just reverence the Holy Spirit in this place for yourself and by yourself. Just reverence the Holy Spirit. Ask him to minister to your heart even as the word of the Father is coming through. Ask him to prepare your heart even as the seed is going to be sown. That the seed will be fall on the fertile ground which is your heart. We reverence you Holy Spirit in this place. In Jesus name. Everybody shout Amen. Everybody shout Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just going to go straight into the word and I pray that it's going to be a blessing unto you. This is the Open Heavens Conference, I believe. And I know that anytime the heavens are open, God speaks. Amen. The heavens are controlled by God. And the earth are, is also controlled by God. But the authority is released from heaven. And so it's always good to hear from heaven in times like this. Not from man. Not from the earthly realm, but from the supernatural. And so I urge you to open your heart to receive this word. What we are doing here is not physical, but it's spiritual. Amen. The book of Mark, Gospel of Mark chapter 10. I will just take one verse from there and we're going to zoom into something. And I pray that it's going to be a blessing to you. Mark chapter 10, verse number 27. Mark chapter 10, verse number 27 if you are there shout bishop i'm there if you are not there say help me lord i want them to lay hands on you matthew mark 
chapter 10 and verse number 27 says, And Jesus looking upon them said, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Shall we read this scripture together? I want you to get into your spirit. Let's read it together. Two, three, go. And Jesus looking upon them said, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. This is just for you to hear. I want us to read it one more time for the heavens to hear this. Open your mouth and read it. Two, three, go. And Jesus looking upon them said, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things as I don't I don't feel the bus in my spirit. Is it me or am I too far away from you? All right, two, three, go. Let's read. Go. Uh-huh. 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 With God, all things are possible. Do you believe what you just read? Do you believe what you just read? With man, it is impossible. With man, a lot of things looks like it cannot happen. Or it shouldn't happen. It would not happen at all. With man, it looks impossible. That means with man, we have limitations. But with God, it says, but not with God. But not with You know, somebody was trying to find out, um, um, you see, um, you know, God, if we say God made everything and God, God made everything, then who made God? You know, we, we have people asking us those questions. Who made God or our clever little children? Who made God? And, and, and then I heard an answer a few years ago that I've cut in my spirit. And so, if somebody asks you who made God, it's, it looks like a good question, isn't it? It looks like a, a, a wise question. But in, indeed, when you put it in the right context, it is a foolish question. It is like asking me, what is the taste of red? Can somebody describe the taste of red? Can anybody... Describe the taste of red. Somebody wants to describe the taste of red. Can you describe the taste of red? How do you taste red? If it's a what? <laughs> but that's the substance. I'm talking about the color. And so you can't taste color. Why? Because color has no taste. It's not in the category of the things that you can taste. And so, so is God. God made all things, but God is not in the category of the things that you can make. So if you ask me who made God, God is not in that category. You can't make God. Because God is not made. He is the one that makes. 
And so if he makes, but he cannot be made, that is why he's saying that nothing is impossible to me. Ah, I hope I'm talking to somebody. To me, say, but not with God. God is not among the category of things that can be made that you can say this is possible and this is not impossible. With God, everything is possible. Am I talking to you? So you pay me tight for this revelation. Uh, after church, I'll collect my revelation. Now you have an answer for those foolish questions. Is that alright? When they ask you that, tell, can you stop and ask them, please tell me, that, give me a description of the taste of green. If they cannot describe to you the color of green, the taste of green, then you tell them you can't also ask how God was made. But this is not my focus today. Today, my, the, my short teaching, I've entitled it The God Factor. Not X Factor. I think the finals is today. But we are talking about the God Factor. Or the G Factor. For those of you current guys. The God Factor. When we say a factor, it means a, 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 a fact. Amen. That's all it is. It's, it's a circumstance or a fact or an influence that contributes to a result. That's what a factor is. You know, when like in mathematics... I'm going to go over the head of Pastor Chris, but Pastor Gloria will catch me. <laughs> In mathematics, what, okay, Pastor Gloria, what is a factor? Not to put you on the spot, but I think you can describe it better. <laughs> is it a trap or is it it's a manhole? As for the English, I'm sure we can all do something. But the mathematical ones, I, I, I needed you guys with the, with the, you know, with the, with the brains. I know mine, but I don't show sure about yours. So, <laughs> you know, a, a number or a quantity that, when it's multiplied to another, produces a given number or an expression. Or divides, you see? She's got the head for numbers. So when I'm multiplying, she's dividing. But anything that you add to something that adds value to it can be called a factor. So whatever it is, a factor is an item or substance that adds value to what it is applied to. Am I talking to somebody here? So ask your neighbor, are you a factor or you're a de facto? <laughs> are you with me here, Liz? Or should I go back to Luton? Are you? This is not a math class, so just, just keep awake. You can... Uh, I'm doing a bit of teaching and 
when I get crazy, I'll step into the screaming bit. Is that all right? Because I like to ground the knowledge in your spirit. We're talking about a God factor here. Now, I'm sure you know that as a man, you are a spirit that has a soul and lives in the body. We all know this, yeah? Because God made you in his image and God is spirit. And God gave you a soul so that you can experience the senses on the earth. And he put you in your body so that you can survive in this physical world. Is that okay? And so, and so when the body, you know, the body is weak. When, for example, the stomach is part of the body. When the stomach is empty, you add value to the body by eating food. Are, are we getting there? Yeah. When your stomach is empty, as some of you, I can tell by your faces. That you could do with some chicken and chips right now. I know, I can tell from the way you are licking your lips. Pastor Gloria, your children are singing to you. So, When the stomach is empty, in order for you to add value to the body. Because when you eat, you, your body gets well. You get nourishment, isn't it? So to add that, that value to your body, you need to eat food. And that results in what? Physical satisfaction. But sort of, so, some of you is more than physical satisfaction, food. But it's okay. We'll get to it in the next chapter. And also, when you lack happiness or peace of mind, it means that your soul is empty. Amen. Your soul is empty. It's lacking something. There's a deficiency in your soul. Amen. Are you getting me? And, and how do you fill up your soul? You do that sometimes when you're feeling down or you're not feeling happy or whatever. You play music. Some of you read books. Some of you watch films. Some of you text your girlfriends. Some of you look in your wife's face and smile. My uncle used to, used to call the, the wife Meshasro. This is Latin. It's like the one I look, I look and just smile. When you lack that peace, when you lack that joy, we do all sorts of things in order to satisfy the soul. Am I talking to you? That gives you emotional satisfaction. Some of you, especially the women, all you want to do is, you see, you tell your husband, just give me a hug. You just want a hug. And it gives you that emotional satisfaction. When your soul is lacking peace and you can't rest and you are restless, you, have, you don't have peace of mind and you lack joy, you, you look for these things to give you that emotional satisfaction. But here comes the big question. What happens when your spirit is void and unfulfilled? What happens? What do you use to quench the hunger of your spirit? What do you add to your spirit to give you that spiritual satisfaction? What do you add to your spirit? Yes. 
you're on the right path. When you are hungry, physically, when your stomach is empty, you eat food. When your soul is lacking, is, is, is lacking peace of mind, you give it what? You give it everything to give it emotional satisfaction. But what happens when your spirit is void and empty and unfulfilled? What do you add to your spirit in order for your spirit to be fulfilled? This is what we need. The answer is the God factor. Amen. Because your spirit is, was made in the image of God. And the image of God is spirit. And so the spirit part of you is the God part of you. When the God part of you is hungry, you give it God factor. God made you in his image. And so, he does not expect you to give food, physical food, fufu and rice and things to the spirit. The spirit will still be unfulfilled. The factor that you add, to add value to your body is food. That which adds value to your, your, your soul is joy, peace and sound mind. And so the factor to add to your spirit to be fulfilled is the God factor. Amen. If you take the God factor out of your life, your spirit will be hungry. Your spirit will be empty. Your spirit will be unfulfilled. And all of us walk around and, and it's like we've done everything that we want to do. We, we, we do whatever. We do it all. We, we sow seed and we are church early. We clean the church. We paint the church. We run around for the pastor. We do everything, everything, everything. But yet still we can see that there's something lacking in our, in our, in our innermost man. That is like your spirit is hungry for the God factor of your life. Without the God factor, your spirit will never be satisfied. You will move from place to place. From pastor to prophet. You will move from apostle to an evangelist. You will run from church to church. From home to home. Looking for some kind of satisfaction. Let me ease your burden for you. What you need is the God factor. It is the God factor that satisfies the spirit. It's not a running around. It's not a long gossip. It's not even a long prayer. But it is the God factor. Oh my God, my God. I hope I'm speaking to somebody today. It is a God factor that gives meaning to life. Because everything starts from the spiritual realm. Everything starts from the spirit. And so if you don't satisfy the spirit, doesn't matter how much the soul and the body eats. You, you will still be unsatisfied. Society is struggling today because the God factor has been strangled out of our communities. Schools, children are messed about today because the God factor has been taken out of our schools, taken out of the colleges. Taken, you see the irony? They've taken Bibles out of schools, but they have put Bibles in prisons. Why don't they put a Bible 
troubles at the start of the children's life so that their prisons will be empty. You are looking at me as if you don't, you don't understand what I'm talking about. Am I talking to somebody in the house? Marriages are struggling today because of the lack of the God factor in marriages. Relationships are struggling because of the lack of the God factor. The God side of your humanity has been taken out. Yes, you satisfy the flesh. Yes, you satisfy the soul. But the God factor is out. You give your wife everything she needs. Buy her a car. Get her clothes. Do shoes. Everything. You make love to her. She enjoys it. But she is still not happy. Why? Because she is lacking that which fills the spirit part of her life. You need to give some God factor. Am I talking to somebody in here? You came from up in heaven, so let God speak to you. The youth are struggling today. They don't know what is happening. They don't, they don't feel safe. They don't know who to talk to anymore. They don't know who to trust anymore. They don't know where else to go. They don't know what kind of books to read. They don't know who to hang around with. Everything is a mess. They can't trust their teachers. They can't trust their lecturers. They can't trust their mentors. Why? Because they lack the God factor. Hallelujah. If the God factor come into their beings, they will be, they will be able to understand love and forgiveness and togetherness and unity. And families will get together. Communities will be safe. Our homes will be safe. Our streets will be safe. Knife crime will go down. Gun crimes will go down. Why? Because the God factor has been injected into the system. If you take the God factor out, everything comes trembling down. Am I talking to somebody? You study, you read over your books, you revise as much as you can, but yet still something is not, it's not working. You need a God factor. Hallelujah. You can become a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, a solicitor, a bus driver, a thief. It's still a profession. Hello? Some of you look, you are looking at me with your gorgeous faces. But you stole him from God so many times and you call somebody else a thief. Let me climb up here before I get myself in trouble. Am I talking to somebody here? When a God factor is lacking in your life, you mess about. Because it's the God factor that brings boundaries into your life. Why are men and women struggling to be fulfilled in life? You've put yourself under so many courses. You've attended so many seminars. You've gone to so many conferences. you started so many businesses. You've got so much business ideas. You've learned so many songs, but yet still, there's no fulfillment. You see that something is lacking. You've got the highest qualification, but something is not working. But in the name of Jesus, I speak over your life that from today, you will find that thing that adds more value to your life on earth like anything else. The God factor. Somebody shout, I need the God factor. Oh, your, this, this, your, this, your response has to be born again. Say, I need the God factor. 
Whatever you are struggling in, it is the God factor that will bring it to come to pass. Whatever you need in your life, it is the God factor that will bring it to come to pass. Whatever you, you are believing God for, it is the God factor that will release it in the name of Jesus. It is not the eating, it is not the crying, it is not the shouting, but it is the God factor. When you lack the God factor, you will never be able to see your head through life. Am I talking to somebody? You have all the answers. But you don't have the spiritual answers. Because it all belongs to God. With man, it is impossible. But not with God. With God, all things are possible. You can have everything to satisfy the soul, man. You know? Music is the food for the soul. You can be a musician, sit behind a keyboard, take your guitar, and just play to your heart's content. But if you lack a connection with your God, everything you do will be soulish. Everything you do will be soulish, will be in the soulish realm. It will be about the emotions. And nothing truthful about it. Am I talking to people in the house? Don't worry. Tomorrow will be nice. If your spirit is not satisfied. You will be. Is it imbalanced? And unfulfilled. Because you've eaten. Your belly is looking like mine. You know. The six pack is all gone. My kids call it flat pack. Oh, one put here, say, there's something here. This one is the flap one. <laughs> this man's trying to challenge me. You've eaten, your belly is full. You've enjoyed friendship or love or something, your soul is satisfied. But your spirit man is bent. It's hungry. So you are walking around like a disabled being. What people see on the outside is a smiling being. But on the inside is a broken being. People see you smiling well, smelling good. Hugging everybody, making everybody laugh. But inside, your spirit is broken. Your spirit is anemic. Your spirit is hungry. Your spirit is empty. Yeah, you are walking like a disabled being. You don't understand what has happened to you. A lot of people that go into depression, even Christians, is because they lack the, the, the spiritual food. The spirit man is hungry. This thing I'm talking about is not just for Christians. It's for all, people, all persons because we're all made in the image of God. People sink into depression because they, they, they've done everything. They've done, they've worked, they have money, they have savings, they bought houses, they've got everything, wives, children, but yet still they cannot understand. They don't have the meaning to life. They don't feel fulfilled. Why? Because they have not connected their spirit to the, the master spirit himself so that the, the master spirit can feed the spirit man. They're walking around hangry. It doesn't matter how many jokes you tell them. They're still dull with their face down. You need a God factor. If you need to enjoy the open heaven, you need a God factor. Am I talking to people in this house? 
If you need to see the hand of God, your spirit man must connect. You need to understand how to trade in the kingdom. Oh my God. Let me take you a bit further. I don't know how long I've got, but I just want to drop this in your spirit. And then we're going to move on. Is that okay? Right. Go to the book of Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Now let's go to verse 17. Verse 17. We're going to walk through the scripture. And I hope it's going to bless you. Glory to Jesus. Mark 17. Verse, Mark, Mark chapter 10. Sorry. Verse number 17. I'll start. And I'll break it down one by one. It says, and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Eternal life is a spiritual life. Say after me, eternal life is a spiritual life. Yes. That's the kind of life that we aspire to live when we live this earthly world. When we fly out of here. When our spirit and soul leaves our body. That is the life we want to live. Eternal life. If you don't live eternal life, you will live in eternal domination. That's everlasting death. There's no middle ground. It's either this or that. Don't let anybody deceive you. It's easy to deceive, uh, to, to be convinced about evil and the wickedness that's going around. And I always tell my young people, if you can see such wickedness going around, then there is always also good hanging around. If you can believe in Halloween, you should believe in Christmas and Easter. Am I talking to somebody? So there is eternal life. There is eternal domination. Now this man that came to Jesus. He wanted to know about the spiritual life. The eternal life. And so what we can see from this scripture. Is that the man needed a spiritual satisfaction. He was hungry for spiritual food. So he came asking about a spiritual <laughs> commodity eternal life it's a spiritual commodity let's carry on verse 18 and Jesus said unto him why call it me good there is none good but one that is God now here Jesus was trying to deal with a man's flattery tongue. You know how our children come to us when they need something? Mommy, you are the best mom in the whole. Mommy, have you done your hair again? Have you changed your makeup? Oh, dad, today, boy, I don't know. Meanwhile, you haven't shaved. But dad, you look smooth because they want some 20 pounds. They want to lift to the shop. Hello? I know, I've got five children, so I understand. Don't ask me how they came about, but yeah, there you go. I'm not responding to that one. 
You like certain traps. I will pray one prayer. So you see what Jesus was trying to do here? He was trying to correct the guy's flattery tongue. Now, the need for flattery, everybody, whether you accept it or not, flattery makes your hair swell a little bit, innit? You wear that good shoe because you want somebody to say, man, this shoe is fit, man. It's a bad shoes you got there, you know. Me like it, me like it, you know. You want to smell good, so when you go, when you pass, all oh, the girls will go, hmm, wow, this man, smell, smells, this man smells good, you know. I mean, my girls spend, what, two and a half hours? We go to church, they said, Dad, we, we need, what time do we leave home? I said, 9.30. He said, Dad, we have to come out of the bathroom for 7.30. Why? Because I need, the makeup takes two hours. And I've got four girls, man of God. So the first one, you can check with your daughter. Ruth wakes up about 5 or 5.30. Hey. Yeah. Then after she will wake Angel up. And when, if Rachel is at home, that's trouble. Now they are teaching the 13-year-old too. Oh, yeah. uh, well, this, is, this is... How did I even get to this place? Uh-huh. You are paying attention. Clap for your church mother. <clears throat> Everybody loves to be flattered a little bit. And you see, flattery don't put food in your belly. Flattery makes you look good. So what is flattery? Flattery is an emotional, a soulless food. Flattery is soulless food. When somebody flatters you, your soul feels good. You have a good feeling. Am I talking to somebody? The need for flattery is an emotional need. It's a soulish need. Because you know your soul is also made in three parts. Your will, your emotions, and your mind. Your mind is the gateway. So anything that enters, it takes to your emotions. And then your will will take it up and begin to scream and shout and slap people. It's all soulish activities. Am I teaching you today? Hello? And so Jesus was teaching this man not to come to him. He came to him wanting to inquire about a spiritual commodity. But he was trying to buy it with a soulish currency. Let me repeat it for those of us who repeated A-levels. Oh, is it, is it GCSE? Those who went to remedials. Listen to me. Listen to me. I came to enjoy myself. Is that okay? Are you enjoying yourself today? Are you understanding me? The man came to Jesus and asked to buy eternal life, which is a spiritual commodity. But he started giving currency to satisfy the soul. 
So he said, give me the spiritual commodity, but I want to pay it with a soulish currency. Give me the spiritual commodity, but I want to pay it. It's like going to the shop and he said, Pastor, Pastor Chris, go to the shop. He said, I want to buy all these instruments. He said, this is your bill. 18,000 pounds. And he said, by faith, I've paid it. Carry it and let's go. He will not even get to the door. Are you, do you understand what I'm saying? So, Jesus was trying to teach this man not to come to him to buy a spiritual commodity with a soulish currency. And we do that most of the time. You see, this is Simeon or Simon in the Bible, in the, in the Acts. When he came, he saw the apostles doing wonders and he said, I'll give you money. Give me this power you want. That's why, that's why Peter rebuked him. Am I talking to somebody today? This is to teach you that, listen, if you want spiritual food, look for the spiritual currency. I'll get there, I'll get there, I'll get there. Verse 19, thou knowest the commandments. This is Jesus talking to him. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And, they, and, and he answered and said to him, this is the man, master, all these I have observed from my youth. Jesus is teaching him something. He's taking him on a journey. And I, I pray that you, you, you come onto this journey as well. He was teaching the man. He wanted to bring the man to a good conclusion. But he started from the negative. He started, he wanted to teach the man what the God factor is not. Am I talking to you? Yeah. You see, the God factor is not about following rules and laws and regulations. So he came to him and said, what can I do to go into, to get eternal life? And he says, you got a commandment. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt, that's negative. He says, and the guy stopped and said, but all these things I have done. You see, he says he's done all these things even from his youth. He's gone to church every day. He's prayed five times a day. He's tight. He's given alms. He's fasted. Wore, uh, uh, wore sackcloth. I saw a video this week. Oh my God. Somebody, some people have worn sackcloth. And they're walking on the street. If this is not madness, then I don't know what it is. But he's done all these things by yes still. Because he was spiritually deficient. He came to the Lord. And said, what must I do to get this spiritual commodity? He is followed all that thou shalt not. And then he's wondering why he is not entering into eternal life. So Jesus was trying to teach this gentleman, listen, to get this spiritual commodity, this eternal life, it's not about following rules and regulations and laws. If you do it without understanding the spiritual aspect of it, you will 
don't lack the God factor. Amen. He was challenging this man. He claimed he had observed everything, but he was still spiritually empty. He was still trying to inherit eternal life with earthly laws. You see, again, he's doing a wrong transaction. Wrong transaction. He said, listen, I have all the earthly laws. I followed it. 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 Now, how can't, why can't I get this eternal life? He thinks he can buy eternal life by following laws. And some of us, that's what we think. As long as I read Psalm 23, Psalm 91, pray Pastor Chris's prayer and read the devotion on, on WhatsApp, I'm, I'm fine. This is my money. I'm, I'm okay. With no meaning, no attachment, no relationship with the Lord. After you feel, some, some of us, we get out of our closet. As long as we prayed for the day, you say, give to God what belongs to God. Now to Caesar. Let's go to the pub now. Let's grab me some joint. I've given to, I've given to God. After you pray, and then you finish, you go to your closet and you take the miniest of skirts. In fact, we call micros. Because you need to catch that boy. No, no. Because you need to impress those bad boys, you know. So you lose that connection. Just after prayer. It looks like I've read some people's home notes, but it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, that's what Revelation is about. Am I talking to somebody? You cannot inherit eternal life with earthly laws. You cannot inherit spiritual, spiritual, spiritual food with earthly currency. No. You can't. He was trying to buy spiritual problem or solve a spiritual problem with a physical solution. Some of our problems are spiritual. But we think that we can solve it physically. It hurts me and I believe it breaks every man of God's heart that when, 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 when you meet people who have not been in church for a long time and you ask them, sister, oh my brother, what have we seen for long? Oh, pastor, I had a few things I need to sort out. I had some issues at work. I had some issues. You know, oh, pastor, the lady said, oh, pastor, it's my husband. Oh, eh, we are trying to solve issues. I have uh, some properties back home. My father died. And, oh, and you, your heart bleeds. Every pastor's heart will bleed. It's like, you trying to solve this problem. But the answer is in the house of the Lord. You see, a lot of us, the first thing we take out of our lists, of our lengthy agenda, is church attendance when anything comes. That's the first thing. Take church out. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the presence of the Holy Ghost. So when you do that, you're taking God out and you want to physically solve it. But everything that is on earth is controlled by the spiritual forces. So if you deal with
with the spirit first, the physical will fall in line. You take church out of your agenda. Bible studies, prayer meeting is the first thing you take out of your agenda when you've got homework to do. You don't understand what I'm talking about. I did three degrees in five years and I never missed the church service. Never missed the church service. Am I talking to somebody? When God is in your life, everything is possible. Because with man, you will look at the situation and say, no, no, no. This, this, I need to go. If I go to church, I cannot do this. If I go to church, I can't, I can't finish this homework. If I go to church, I can't finish this report. Pastor, I can't be at church today. But you do not understand that two hours that you have come to church, when you stay at home, that report. I was going to speak Latin. You can't even write one paragraph. Ah. That is when the WhatsApp, the WhatsApp messages will be coming like Facebook, something will attract you there. You flick the channel, ah, mama, mama. Something is happening. Let me have a quick one, a quick one. By the time you finish, church service is finished, people are basking in the anointing, and you are still not on first paragraph. The people that came to church can, can hand in their assignment, and you are still biting your nails. Ah, Jesus. Have I read somebody's notes today? Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the God factor. Amen. So this man was literally using the wrong currency for the wrong commodity. He was trying to buy spiritual, spiritual commodity with earthly laws, by following earthly laws. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. That is not right. That is not right. That is not right. There's some church leaders that tell their pastor, we want to buy a church van, blah, 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 the man of God come and so, pastor, we bought it by faith. Okay, bring the money. Oh, by faith, we bought it. <laughs> it takes money to buy bus, not faith. It takes money to buy a house. It takes money to build a, a church building. It takes money to rent a place. It takes money to buy instruments. It takes money. It takes money. You can't pray tongues into the fuel tank. That is trying to buy the wrong commodity. With the wrong currency. Thank God for the God factor. Where are we? Verse 21. Then Jesus beholding him. Loved him. You see that? Jesus is so compassionate. He realized the guy was lost. He had no idea what he was looking for. In fact, he was lost on how to even attain it. So he loved him. You know, sometimes when you're talking to your pastors, they look at you, their eyes alone say, hey, hey, hey. Because all you, are, you think you are talking sense. Yeah, you are talking gibberish. He's speaking jazz. You know, those of us play jazz music. In, it doesn't make no sense to the lay person, but we are enjoying it. 
You see, in my room, I'm going crazy. <laughs> my son too will be following me. <laughs> you are crazy about jazz. You know? then the girls will say, what are you guys listening to? You're blowing jazz. <laughs> when you blow jazz, Jesus only loves you. Because if he opens his mouth, you see how stupid you'll be. Am I talking to somebody? I came to enjoy myself. Am I okay? Am I permitted? Jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him. I'm sure Jesus went around, put his hand around his neck and said, boy, you're totally lost. You're totally lost. <laughs> One thing thou lackest, go thy way. Sell whatsoever <laughs> thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me this is good music this is not jazz because Jesus now had to bring him home and he did it in love he said, this is what Jesus was now trying to teach him. The right currency. He needed to buy the right commodity. Because all this while, he was trying to buy the wrong commodity with the wrong currency. Jesus was showing him where the spiritual foreign exchange bureau is. He's trying to show him this is how you exchange things. He needed to learn how to exchange the physical currency into a spiritual currency in order to attain spiritual commodity. He needed to you listen, you can't come from Ghana. You get to Heathrow. And they ask you. <laughs> like the time after AIDS. <laughs> I thought, oh, I'll come to UK. You know, my sister's here, my dad here, everything. Oh, after this, I got to Heathrow Airport. <laughs> How much money do you have? Five pounds. <laughs> the lady looked at my face. Five pounds. And a 700 pounds open check. I said, five pounds. The lady looked, looked, looked at me, looked at the paper, looked at, looked at my suit. Oh my God. It's only grace. <laughs> it's only grace. <sighs> Five pounds and seven. But I was coming home. How, how, many, how many weeks are you going to spend? Oh, look at me. Oh, don't worry. I'm here. Six weeks, whatever. With five pounds. I was cool. Somehow, somewhere, they let me in. By grace. <laughs> JJC. Can you imagine getting to the airport and they ask you, how much money do you have on you for your holidays? And you said, I have 200 Ghana cities. Even if it's 2,000 Ghana cities and you are coming to UK, where they spend pounds sterling. What shop are you going to? McDonald's will not even accept 
your city or Naira. No. I, I, you're not catching what I'm teaching. Listen, you cannot go to another nation and use another country's money to buy things for there. Even if you have pounds, that is heavier than the dollar. When you go to the US, you have to change it into dollar. Or else you can't buy nothing in the US. No. But that's what we do. That's what we do. We think that we can get spiritual blessings with physical currency. That's why Samuel said to King Saul, it is better to sacrifice. To obey is better than to sacrifice. Obedience is a spiritual currency. Sacrifice is a physical. Obedience is a spiritual commodity. And sacrifice is a what? A physical currency. It is better to obey than to sacrifice. You are supposed to be in church at nine o'clock. But you choose. He said, you do to do a few things. A few things. And then you get here at 9.30. 10 o'clock. Some of you walking at 11. And then when the pastor says, oh, but at least I'm here, pastor. What about those who didn't come, see? You think you, you say, pastor, I wasn't even supposed to be here. I, I was supposed to be at work. I was supposed to be doing, but, but I chose to come. You've come to church late. Fair enough, you've sacrificed. But where's your obedience? You sacrifice. The Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You are being denied the good of the land because some of you are willing. Pastor, I will do it. Reverend, I will do it. But when you are asked to move this speaker and put it here, you will put it all the way here. You are willing, but you are not obedient. Some of you, you are obedient. But you are not willing. You are obedient. You will do it. But you are grumbling. As for this man, has he not got muscles? Can't he do it? Look at his big belly. He could have carried this thing to and lose some weight. Only me, every me, every day. I have to come in and do, do this. Well, look at Pastor Sam. He come and stand here and tell jokes. He can also come and clean. He can clean. I'm taller than him. I'm big. You are obeying, but you are not willing. Until you are both obedient and willing, you cannot eat. I came to speak to my, my children. Is that okay? I didn't come to excite you. The Lord sent me to bring an apostolic word to you because you need to move into the spiritual realm. When you get the spiritual things right, every other thing shall follow suit. Get the God factor and everything shall be in place for you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And so, Jesus was showing him. This is how you exchange your spiritual currency, your physical currency, for a spiritual currency so that you can buy spiritual commodities. 
You need to find the Forex Bureau and go and change your pounds. Even if you get to Ghana, you have pounds, the Makola woman will look at you. What is this? They don't want to see the foreign money. They want to see the local money. So it is in the kingdom of God. Every nation have got their currency. John 3 verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You can only, you can only buy spiritual things with spiritual currency. And you can only buy physical things with physical currency. You can only purchase the God factor with the spiritual currency because the God factor is a spiritual commodity. The spirit is what provides the commodity to you. Spiritual currency is love, peace, joy, obedience, Humility. These are spiritual currencies. <laughs> and that's what Jesus was trying to tell the man. He's trying to tell. So he showed him love first. That's the greatest of all the currencies. That's like the 50 pound note. The highest denominator. Love. That's why the Bible says Jesus loved him. And then he, he began to show him what the currencies are made up of. Made up of. He says, you go. <laughs> sell your goods. Everything you have, sell it. And give. Give in. Is the next denominator in the spiritual currency. He was teaching him how to be generous. If you are stingy, you cannot get anything from the spiritual realm. In school, we used to call them single eye. Eye, that means you don't give. He says, Go, sell your goods and give it to people. That is the kingdom lifestyle. You live the lifestyle with the kingdom currency. Sell your goods and give it to people. And then he says, forget about everything. Come and take up your cross and follow me. That's self-denial. Teaching you the spiritual currencies. Self-denial. Listen. When it comes to the kingdom business, you plan your agenda around the kingdom business. You don't plan the kingdom business around your agenda. For those of you who didn't... Uh-huh. I said, when it comes to the kingdom business, the veterans... You plan your life around the kingdom business. You don't plan 
the kingdom business around your life. When there is an appointment, check your kingdom diary. Come to a party. When is Bible studies? Let's go for prayer meeting. He said, yeah, I would rather do that than to go sightseeing. Is that okay? Are you understanding me or should I break it down? Learn because what you are trying to do, when you begin to do that, what you are doing is that you are exchanging the physical currency for the spiritual currency. So that you can purchase the spiritual commodity. Because without the spiritual currency. You cannot buy any spiritual commodity. You want God to bless you. You need a spiritual currency. You want God to elevate you. You need a spiritual. You want God to reveal himself to you. Visit me oh Lord. Surround me oh Lord. Boy, you ain't going to get the surrounding of the Lord if you just keep going to him with physical excuses. And you're not going to please God because you, you dress well and you look good and you sing in the choir. No. If your singing is not coming from the spirit, the Bible says God is looking, looking, looking. <laughs> For true worshippers who worship him in what? Spirit. And in truth. Am I talking to somebody? He's not looking for the big time money givers. You are good. It's okay. It's part of it. But he's not looking for you. He's looking for the true worshippers. Even your worship, your, your giving should be a worship to heaven. Some of you come, you know, in, 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 back at home in Africa, in Ghana, you don't give, you know, people things with the left hand because you leave the left hand to do nasty things. Eh? You come offering, we give your praise unto the Lord, and you just go. No respect, no honor. You don't even hold your offering. With reverence. We don't want to. I've stopped my church from, 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 from transferring their tithe from the bank account. The Bible says bring. Bring your tithe. And you don't pay tithe. You bring it. Man of God. If I pay. If you give me a suit and I pay for it. If I give you money. And I'm saying I'm paying you. You are forced to give me that suit. It's an obligation. Check the scripture in Malachi. It says bring. So it gives you that freedom. He didn't say pay. Because if I pay you, I would demand that service from you. That's why some of you go and stand before God. Lord, I gave my tithe. Pay my tithe. Why didn't you do this for me? I paid my tithe. No. If you brought it, you would have done your humility. Bring your tithe. Bring it. That's what he said. Bring it to my storehouse. Because if you, if you get paid and you transfer it, it's only figures that's going. You don't feel, there's no, there's no attachment. It doesn't cut through you. Especially the month that you have been overpaid. 
or you have some tax refund you were not expecting. Ah, this one to have to pay tight. Ay, 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 ay. When you take the cash and it's in the envelope and you, it's, it's burning your pocket. As you, any step. Pastor Gloria said, Hallelujah. Because the tight you are going to give, man, is burning you. You are converting the spiritual currency, the physical currency, into spiritual currency. Because it takes sacrifice, pain, to bring the one tenth. One tenth. I'm telling you, before our wedding, you remember? Man, me used to do some jobs, you know. Do about three, four jobs. Because I had to please this woman, man. And this man too was on my back. I even went to borrow some money from here. <laughs> I tell you, man. We drove to the traffic to Peckham. Some drum night, you remember? <laughs> At this time. What was I saying? <laughs> That's why I'm paying back now. And I came to play at your wedding. <laughs> I played nice melody. That was your payback. <laughs> Listen, I remember those days we used to, we used to, you know, I was part of um, the mission to London, Maurice Arello mission to London years ago. And I was part of the band, the choir, and when they come in, and this music director, Archie Dennis, may his soul rest in peace, he will come for about a month and we will go do rallies with him in different barrows. Yeah, I remember he came to Brent where we were and we held a, a, a rally for him and then he brought the worship and everything. We sang with him, we played. And then it was time to sow. And um, I was standing there and the man was, you know, these Americans, they like to talk and they, boy, they can get you, man. Those times, years ago, I mean, December will be 25 years of marriage uh, as a silver jubilee. And so that was before. <laughs> and so I remember I was standing there as a young man, you know, getting ready for my wedding. I think, oh boy. And I think, uh, you know, it was a Friday or Saturday or something. So I got, uh, had about 50 pounds in my pocket. And the guy said, everything you have in your money, you can bring in your pocket. I said, Lord. He said, challenge God, challenge God. I said, hey, Lord. Should I ban you or lose you? <laughs> and so, and so, boy, I hope I don't lose the message. But what I did, <laughs> I spoke to God and I said, Lord, I'm going to sow this 50 pounds. That's all I had. I'm going to sow it. My wedding is coming. And I'm believing you. In fact, I sowed that seed and they asked for more money. And I went to vow. And I said to the Lord, Lord, when you do what I'm expecting you to do for me, because we needed a provision for the wedding. The next time I get my money, I get my wages, because we used to be paid weekly. I get my wages. I'm going to give all. All of it. You guys, you don't know. You think we are where we are just for nothing. No the sacrifices. I'm going to give all to the work of God. I'm going to sow it. Do you know what happened? The, the week I prayed, at the end of that week, the governor came to say, sorry, David, we can't pay you today. Maybe next week. Huh? How am I going to impress my girlfriend? You know what happened? I was paid the week after. This is what's happening. So I was paid last week's money and this week's money. Now God wants to say whether he wants to see. 
you say, hey, yeah. That's how God deals with us. You told him that the next time you get paid, you will give all. He do, you put that into God is smart. Don't play with him. <laughs> oh yeah. That's how God dealt with me. He wanted to check if I would be obedient. Yeah. And with pain in my heart. My knees shaking. And the wedding coming with by force. Some vows are dangerous. I had to take this money, put it in this brown envelope, and brought it to the altar. <laughs> Those times I used to play the bass guitar, I remember in Alpha and Omega. I was standing in the corner, my, I squeezed my face like something. I didn't want the music to end because when the music ends, it's time for the musicians to, to bring it. Oh, Lord, help us. I sowed that seed. I had to exchange that spiritual, that physical currency for a spirit. You know what? On our wedding day, we had a free car. Fresh 5 Series BMW. They had just been released. Ask her. She had her dress designed from her. Top designer from Ghana. They designed it, put it in Ghana Airways. Big box brought it to her. We didn't pay a dime for it. We went to Parkview, Park Lane Methodist Church. Nice place to book for the hall. The reverend looked at me. He saw the name. White man. He saw the name. He saw the name. He said, it's your father, John. I said, yes, sir. He said, I worked, him from, I worked with him from 1962. Till he died in Birmingham. I said, it's my father. I stood up. He said, then you are true Methodist. I said, yes. He says, you can have this building for free. The next hall, you can have your reception there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not lying. I, 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 I came to see your pastor. I said, boy, it's happening. The wedding is happening. It's happening. He said, I, he said I, I will get you, I will get you our school organist, Joe Ade. The, he brought the, he brought, everything was organized. Every, food was free. One woman said, I will cook for you, free. There's a lady, I didn't know, I found a job for, for her where we used to work. You remember her? We used to pick her, lift her for her, and then she, I got a job for her, you know? She wanted something to do, got a job for her in our workplace. She said, don't worry, brother, I will buy you all the drinks for the wedding. The bishop called me, and he said, brother, he, I think we went, I went somewhere to minister, to play for a church. Not knowing when I went, he sent me off. He made the whole church put money together. I came, he gave me big fat money. Our wedding rings, we bought it from the church money. Expensive. What she worked into H. Samuels. We want this, we want that. Because I was obedient. You need to learn to exchange the spiritual currency. The physical currency to get a spiritual currency in order to buy the physical commodity because the physical commodity turns into physical blessings for you. Am I talking to you? Yes. Lay 
not up yourselves treasures upon the earth. Mark six, Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Where moth and, ru- and, 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 and rust that corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth or rust that corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. A word to the wise. I want to try and complete. Give me five minutes. Verse 22 of the scripture we were reading. It says, and, 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 and he was sad. The, the man was sad at the saying of Jesus when he said to him to go and sell everything. The Bible says he went away grieved for he had great possessions. He was a rich man. And we refused to go through the exchange program. That Jesus pointed him to. He placed more value on his possessions than the spiritual possessions that he was asking about. It exposed him. A lot of us, we ask spiritual questions, but we are not prepared to sacrifice to receive that spiritual answer. We don't want to walk that spiritual walk, but we want the spiritual blessings. We don't want to make that spiritual sacrifice, but we want the spiritual outpouring. It doesn't happen that way. When somebody stands here and sing and people go wild and they are lifting their hands and kneeling down and the place is on fire. Listen, that person did not just wake up, brush his teeth and come to, come to stand there to sing. It takes some spiritual exercise. Am I talking to somebody? Verse 23, and Jesus looked round about and said unto his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said unto him, Children, how hard it is for them that the truth, for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus was not trying to curse rich people or disqualify rich people from making in heaven. No. What he was trying to say is that as long as you as long as you hold on to earthly possessions, you cannot attain the spiritual possessions. As long as you hold on to to the house and to the car and to and to money and to the business and to listen, there will be no room in your hands to collect the spiritual possessions. He didn't understand. That's why he says it's hard for a rich man. Because the eye of a needle, you know, apparently there's a, a place in, 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 in Jerusalem or in Israel where it's called the eye of a needle, yeah? But the, the, the literal one is, the, you know, that little hole at the top of a needle, that sewing needle? You know, it's very tiny, yeah, yeah. That's what Jesus was alluding to. So Jesus was saying that if you come into the kingdom and you have... <laughs> your house here, your car here, you can't enter. The kingdom is, another, is a whole nation on its own. Can you imagine moving from here to France and you say, I'm taking my car, I'm taking my bed, you pack up your shed, you take your sink, you t- 
you take your garage, everything, and you get to the border. Will they allow you to enter? Will they allow you to enter? Talk to me. Will you be allowed to enter? No. You can't come in here with a whole house on your back, with your dog pen and everything. No. They will tell you to leave it there. If anything, you sell it into cash. When you cross over to that in the new nation, you can buy the things there. That is what you do in the kingdom. That is what you do because if you want to go into the next kingdom with all your possessions, that's what Jesus was trying to say. The rich men, they want to come in into the kingdom with their big, big self, with their big ego, with their big name. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I can do? Do you know how much money I have? I can buy you three times over with all your relatives. You know, you cannot enter into the kingdom with that sort of mentality. You need to drop all of it, exchange it for the currency, for the kingdom business. You cannot come into the kingdom with your kitchen sink. No, you cannot enter into the nation with, a, with another nation's property. You have to leave it there. Exchange it. Cross over. Then you can get possessions there. Where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be. Your heart is not in spiritual things because your treasure is not in spiritual things. Your heart is not in spiritual things. Your heart is not in Bible studies, prayer meeting, fasting, singing and dancing, worship. Your heart is not in Bible classes because your treasure is not there. Learn to plant your treasure in the kingdom. And you will always pursue kingdom business. Am I talking to somebody? Am I speaking to somebody? Learn to plant your treasure. Build up treasures in the kingdom. Because if you have properties in Dubai, you enter Dubai free. You enter there with no visa because you got your house there. Am I talking to somebody? It is, it is easy for a poor man to enter into the kingdom of heaven than for a rich man to enter into the eye of a needle. You can enter into the kingdom with everything around you. You'll be too big. It says narrow. Narrow is their gate. The gate for the kingdom is too small. It's too narrow. You can't enter with everything around you. Oh Jesus help us. Oh, Jesus, help us. Touch us, oh God. There are many things that I wanted to share, but time has gone. I want to round up, but I want you to understand that God is in the business of helping us attain eternal life and the things of the spirit. He wants us to enjoy it now, here. He wants us to put his glory upon us. Last night, we were praying. We were praying for the crown. He says, I will put on you the crown of glory and the crown of honor. When the crown of God sits on you, people will honor you without you asking for it. But it is a spiritual commodity. That you need a spiritual currency to buy. God factor is a spiritual commodity. You can buy it with emotions. You can buy it with physical cash. You can buy it with eye service. You can buy it with pretense. You buy the God factor. With love, humility, generosity, self-denial. That is the only way you will freely enter into the kingdom of God.